0: Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo, and I am your host, and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy on the internet. I'm so excited for this very crucial, very timely conversation during Mercury in retrograde because Mercury's doing some shit, the moon is doing some shit, we're in airy season. And we're just like in our 20s. So astrology aside, life is wild and we need to talk about mental health. I've been going through it in a lot of ways. Flex, how are you feeling mentally? Let's let's start
1: there. Uh, I say I'm good. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I don't feel, a friend of mine was telling me that I'm stressed. And I was like, but I don't feel stressed. Like this is not how I feel. I feel a bit flustered. Mm. But mentally, I think I'm quite aware of the world around me. Some things are happening outside of my control. I'm leaving them be. Other things require more brain capacity. I'm taking my time. I just know that there are a ton of things happening, like planetary things, social things, interpersonal things that are happening around me. And I'm just trying to protect myself from that orbit.
0: How are you protecting yourself? Like, what is your self-care? I mean, we need to talk about self-care. This word, this (sighs) industry,
1: the (laughs) phrase...
0: Uh, ah. What is your self care <laughs> ritual? Your spiritual ritual? Whatever it is that you keep yourself balanced and sane.
1: My self care ritual is minding my own business. Yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, re- being really, really aware of what I consume and how I consume it. I yeah. recently went to like a a tarot sh like a shamanic healing situation. And um, I'd already been doing some work protecting my spaces, which means I'm not having... I don't want to have those dramatic conversations for fun. I need to stop watching dramatic YouTube story times. I need to stop (laughs) listening to so much heartbreak music and horror music. I'm stressing out my body with all these fake emotions I'm generating for fun. Um, And so just being really, really mindful of what I'm consuming and why I'm consuming it and why I feel so much glee when I'm um, around people's trauma. (laughs) Yeah. No, you were
0: just telling me about an incident where a friend... Yeah. Who, so, yeah, tell us the story.
1: So essentially, long story short, I've been really diligent with protecting my space, which means that I need to be mindful of who I'm letting in and when and not just blaming the world for when shit goes awry. Mm. So naturally, because I'm I'm, I'm operating and Dr. Filling out here, people, Bitch. especially people who, who know me offline, <laughs> really feel like I'm the right person to come to when they have problems, which I love that. I love the chit chat. I love talking. I love exchanging my thoughts and helping my friends out. But the frustration with that is people aren't mindful of the transference that happens. When you come to me with your drama, I take that on. I have to be in your shoes to unpack it. And I'm not an empath or anything, but I've definitely got to feel some of your frustration to get through it. And so I've told my friends and stuff, if you need to talk to me or you need some advice, give me a heads up if you want to do a call and tell me what we're talking about so I can at least prepare myself I don't want to go in fresh to a phone call thinking it's going to be five minutes of like fun 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 and then it's you know an hour or two of just like traumatic discussions so recently a friend of mine called me um, and I screened it and said I don't do unscheduled phone calls I'm protecting my space you know what I said it She said, "Okay, it'll be five minutes. I'll just call you. She called me. Essentially, it was like a 25 minute conversation of her talking me through a decision that she's already made two weeks ago and the consequences of that decision and how she was trying to justify what she had done. And I was like, great. But through this discussion, we were talking about like rape, rape apologists, victimization, protecting POC, just a very heated conversation for midnight on a fucking Tuesday or something like I had things to do the next day. So as we were talking, I got, you know, initially I was like, yeah, I understand. Gave her some like objective advice and she just wanted to keep talking about it, which I get when you're in that kind of mindset, you want to just like talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. I've been there. I'm always there. So at one point I said, hey, like, I understand where you're coming from. This is a decision you've already made. And by going over it and transferring it. So I feel these feelings for you like they're fresh. It's just a bit like, it's a bit sus. It's toxic. I think it is. And I think yeah. you need to be mindful of why you're calling me and what response you want out of me. Because at this rate, you don't want any advice. You want a sounding board, but you want someone to feel what you feel. And that's not fair because you feel better after this conversation. And now I feel shit. And you feel What worse. did she do? She hung up excuse me so that's my frustration too because if i've given you warning as to why i don't want to engage in something and then we engage in the thing i don't want to engage in i make myself uncomfortable for the benefit of you because i love you and i want you to feel better and then you fuck off when i'm giving you the same energy that's not for me so what did i do i texted i called i called i called i called i texted i called i called i called i called then what did she do blocked my number oh my god i can't You will not. You will not. And me. My thing is, I'm all about resolving situations. I don't take that shit to my dream state. I right. want to resolve it. I want it out. And also, I want to encourage people to move through the world with intention. You're doing to me what I did to you, and now you don't see the, the frustration with that. But if anything, I explained to you and gave you context why I didn't want to engage in a situation, and you didn't see it for what it was. Right. Now, I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone for your benefit, and you're going to block me. So, what did I do? I pulled up to her house. I love it. I- <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, are you... Am I the one that's going to go to bed manifesting this sickness in my gut? Absolutely not. So I pulled up Love to it. her house. She was like, Oh my God, like I didn't even know you'd come. This is so crazy. I'm like, What did you think was going to happen? Oh my gosh. That I wasn't going to come? That we were going to talk about this in five days? This would have been the end of our friendship because that is the height of immaturity and I don't play that game. Don't no. ever. Don't ever. You know, and my whole thing is, if it's uncomfortable having that discourse over the phone, it's going to be uncomfortable when I'm in your space, in your sanctuary, bringing all the negative energy you gave me into your own home. Right. And it had to be resolved then and there. And it was. And it's one of those things where it's like, what was your best case scenario with this one? Because I understand I set my boundary. You disregarded it. This is you setting your boundary in spite of me. This and it worked out very well. We talked about, you know, exactly what I found to be the problem. She said that she's naturally a very bad communicator. I said, not my problem. And my Screaming. whole thing is, I that whole that whole that whole situation was a lesson in the idea that number one, stop forcing people to meet you halfway when you're not gonna mm. when you're not gonna wait. Stop forcing people to meet you halfway when you're not gonna meet them back. That's number one. Number two, when somebody sets a boundary, respect it. Don't push it unless you're willing to have yours pushed in return. Ooh. Number three, if you're talking about protecting spaces, if you're talking about self-care, harm reduction, self-preservation, you have to understand when you're inflicting those things on other people. Right. Don't talk about how you're going to protect somebody, your space, when you, like ongoingly harm other people's spaces you can't be doing that shit Right. and so that was my sermon but I was like damn this is a lesson in mental health and boundary setting because how somebody couldn't see that in this situation you they are I'm telling you harm. Th- this is my self care act- like process and activity of right. not having harm inflicted upon me And that wasn't good enough for you. Now you're literally causing me harm. I'm telling you, when I said I wasn't going to pick up the call, it was 10 p.m. Why is it 1 a.m. and I'm bike riding home? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was going to go to bed early. I just had a healing.
0: I was tired. But instead, now you're bike riding home at your big
1: age. At my big. I cannot So that is the frustration So with boundary setting you got to be mindful If someone sets their boundaries Respect it If you're not ready For the smoke of what happens When you upset it I love that you bring
0: this up Actually Because I had a conversation Just about this today With a friend of mine And I I didn't know that this was going to be a conversation about her trauma. So similar situation to you mm. um, where a friend of mine hits me up and is like, hey, it's been so long. Let's catch up. So I expect it to be banter and fun. Lights. Like, like. Um, And catch up times. And instead, it turns out to be a two hour conversation about her trauma. And one of her... You know one of her issues that she's been going through is friendship issues and feeling like she needs to re reevaluate her friendship group <coughs> because she feels that people her friends in general aren't really there to hold emotional space for her when she needs it um and so she was saying there was you know there was an incident when she really needed you know her friends to like hold emotional space for her like during one evening and like not all of them were you know were emotionally available to her and this and this and that and my frustration with that type of energy is that it doesn't consider the other people and doesn't consider the fact that holding emotional space is actually also it's it's labor it's emotional labor i think my my energy tends to be quite happy and so i think a lot of people take that And forget that I'm also a multidimensional being Mm -hmm. who has my own feelings and traumas and, like, mental health episodes, etc., etc. So I find that, like, this week especially, I've been mentally so exhausted because I realized I got to yesterday, which was Wednesday. And I was like, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I've given all of these three days to other people this one person wants me to do this for her. This one person wants me to help her with her career. This one person wants me to unpack her trauma for her. This, this other person wants to have a, a FaceTime chat from across the world because she's having daddy issues. And I'm mm. like, I haven't had a second to even work on my own career, let alone like just sit with my own thoughts and my own mental health. But then people don't realize. I think you and I are in a similar situation where because we're not necessarily, we're quite passive as friends. So we don't really expect much from people. We're not like yeah. out there like, hey, like everyone hold all of this space for me. No. So I think people, ex- people forget that like sometimes we also need our own space and like also need time to be alone and i think that's why the lashing out and the blocking and the hanging up the phone happens Mm. because people literally have only consumed us as problem solvers as people who have their life together you know what i mean And I'm trying to be more considerate about how I package myself in the world because I'm naturally not someone to reach out to people for help. Like when I'm going through some shit, I retreat and I work on that. I just work on it by myself. You know what I mean? And so I think like you might be similar in that way. I
1: am, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so people literally don't see us as people who like have mental health boundaries and also like energetic capacities you know
1: that is insane and it's two-pronged though because i always tell people i will never ask you for more than i give you or return
0: same and that is my philosophy in life come
1: on now and so i think people look at the situation and say because bobo and flex haven't asked us for anything they don't need anything from us yet so (laughs) when that time comes i'll be there (laughs) but up, up until then i've got i've got another query i've got another question i need some more advice and also the frustration with that is when I tell people, you're not the only person or the first person to ask me of this today. listen so you know. That is another thing. It's not even about having a social media following. Like, even if I said I have seven friends, granted that one of them has asked me to help them unpack something in any day. So on the day that I can't be bothered doing or I've said to you, I don't want to do a call because I'm trying to protect my space. And you can't see it for what it is. Tell me who's selfish. Like <laughs> Because you want to swear so bad that it's me being selfish. You want to swear up and down (laughs) that I'm not being here for you. But look who's being selfish. Yeah. But that's And it's funny, though, because in that situation, I said to her, look, I respect that I didn't tell you in that moment that I didn't have the capacity for anything. You pushed it, and I was like, okay, look, I'm going to submit to it. I'm going to be a bit passive. I'm going to just take it. Because I can get through this phone call a lot easier than I can explain to you why I don't want to have the phone call. Right. How I was wrong. How I was wrong. But in that instance, it's like, why can't, like, why is it up to the person? I feel like in our situation, we've got to be the one to set the boundary, reestablish the boundary, talk, communicate the terms and conditions of the boundary, reevaluate the boundary, like, (laughs) fight with somebody who fights against the boundary. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was carefree up until this point. Honestly, (laughs) living your life. So it's, it's. It's insane. It's, it's really frustrating, too. Because, you know, often I don't know when I'm going to reach my breaking point. I don't know when it's been too much until it is too much. That's, I don't know that I haven't had a day to with myself me. until the day has come. <laughs> no. the same for me. So this whole idea, like, you should have let us know. You should have. So if I had known.
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah. So one thing that I've started doing is I post on my story because I'm not going to tell all 50 people who are asking me for help (laughs) that I don't have the space because that's more of my time. So what I do now is I post on my Instagram and I'm like, hey, guys, I am taking a break from responding to texts, from picking up phone calls. I do not have it in me. And I did this yesterday. Mm. I said, I do not have it in me today to be anyone's therapist i don't even have my own therapist and i think people read that and think that they are the exception yeah they
1: read that
0: (laughs) because what happened is that i posted that and right after a friend of mine was like oh my god i need to talk to you you won't believe what just and i'm like i go back to my story and i see that she she read that story no she saw the story and then she proceeds to, b- to burden me. What do you mean? So I think a lot of people think that, oh, but like I'm good friends with her. So therefore, <laughs> no love. Aye. And that's another thing is that I'm, I'm a very curious human being. Mm-hmm. And th- you were talking about this in, in our last episode. You ask people a lot of questions and you genuinely are intrigued about people. But that doesn't mean that we're best friends, you nope. know, and I nope. think that's another boundary that I have to get better at setting is the tier the the tier of friendship that I have with with people, because I think I can come across as like a best friend very easily just because I'm very I love humans like I think humans are so fascinating. And I like want to listen to people talk about who they are and like the things in their life and what their thoughts are. Like, I really want to know. But I have that same energy for everyone. I have that same energy for the, the homeless guy in the subway, to my best friend, to the person that I meet at a dinner. Everyone is getting the same energy. And it doesn't mean that we're best friends. So when I say I need space, I mean that for every single human being in my life.
1: I just honestly cannot relate more to that statement. It's wow. insane. And I've caught myself out on it so many times. Mm. Every time somebody says, you know, so who are your close friends? they would be like, I have five friends, maybe seven. And everyone's like, yeah. am I included? Am I included? Am <laughs> I included? To which I say, we need to destigmatize acquaintanceship. You don't have to Ooh. be my friend for it to be a relationship of value. Ooh, there we go. So... For me, I think, as you said, it's the idea that if we've invested any time into people, they've misinterpreted it as, it as a full-blown, like ride or die, you know, rise and grind type friendship. And it's just not that deep and it's not that serious. Yeah. And I often find that, again, the emotional labour of having to bring people down a few notches and say, hey, babes, you don't have access to me like you want to. It. It's too Ooh. much of a conversation. And I don't want to have that conversation. It's not my fault. So when I screen you or when I don't reply to your text. Don't DM me on Instagram, then Mm -hmm. DM me on Twitter, then Facebook message me, then try and call me, then try and FaceTime me. Honestly, leave me alone. Like sometimes,
0: sometimes just don't take it personally. That it's not I, right personal. Now, it's never. It's literally never personal. Like
1: I almost wish it was so I could feel it deeper in my chest, but it's not <laughs> it's personal. Just literally,
0: <laughs> I literally have two hundred and twenty unread texts right now, and it's like it's mm-hmm. not realistic for me to respond to every person that's at this point it's just not realistic and that's not because i have a lot of friends it's because the nature of my career and just the nature of who i am means i engage with so many people on a daily basis so it just it requires space how do you
1: set these type of boundaries in romance oh tricky it um, is tricky It is tricky because I think that naturally I'm going to care a lot more if I'm in a romantic relationship with someone about their problems. And I have had the tendency to take on their problems as though they're my own. So that's the frustration with dating someone. You know, I found in my past, I did a lot of people with mental health issues. I don't know if that's my kink, if that's like an underlying thing I'm going for. If it's a hero complex, if it's a savior complex, if it's whatever it might be, that's what I've been doing. Dating people with mental health issues. And often I've found that, you know when i hear someone because i don't i don't struggle with depression and anxiety so i'm looking at it from a very analytical perspective like okay this triggers this we'll do less of that and you'll feel better and often it's not it so i look at it like a project almost okay like today we're going to try this to make you feel better and tomorrow we'll try this to make you feel better and let's talk yeah. about this and let me unpack it let me get like my real doctor fill on you know and it's not helpful because number one half of the time these are chemical imbalances in the brain i'm no scientist i can't help you mm. and number two often people don't want to help themselves Look at how much, like, I look at people I've dated in the past and thought, look at how much attention you gave them for something they didn't even want to change about themselves. Wow. These people weren't like, I need a, this is a problem, save me. They're like, oh, this is like my life. This is what I go through day to day. I said, I'm going to save you. (laughs) And look at where it got me you know so be mindful that people don't want or need your help a lot of the time yeah and it's our egos that make us think that they do yeah and so it's been a huge learning curve for me so I'm trying to fix people tweak them change them some people don't want to be fixed tweaked or changed don't take that on as if it's your personal journey as well it's yeah it's it's been a huge learning curve it's my frustration have you had an experience in the past dealing with people with mental health issues and um or dating them
0: yeah, I have a friend who has mental health issues, which just manifests itself as, like, manic episodes and things like that. Right. However, romantically, I've, I've never experienced, like, being with someone who has mental health issues. But I think I'm in a situation right now where I am the one with mental health issues. Right. <laughs> and okay. my boyfriend has to deal with that. And so I'm learning to find ways, you know, trying to find ways. And he's been really good about being, like, listen, you're a human being and you're allowed to be multidimensional and have, like, the full range of emotions. Like, I'm not just here for your happy self. I'm here for all of yourselves. Mm. And that's been really healthy for me because I tend to... I tend to not want to burden people with my like less than happy emotional states of being. Wow. And that's so, my whole twin. <laughs> literally, like if I'm going through some shit no one ever knows. And so I'm in this very precarious and rare stage where like I'm just I'm just in a stage where like every single part of my life is in transitional mode. And mm. so You know, it also manifests itself as, like, nightmares and sleepless nights and deliriousness and, like, mood swings and... Okay, twin. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, hi. (laughs) And literally all of the anxiety, like, literally uh, all the anxiety in the world. And some weeks I'm like, hmm, this might be depression. And I don't want to burden him... Or anyone really with like my my morbid self because I get really morbid and I'll I get really morbid and dark and like thinking about just really dark shit and it's like he's also in a transitional stage in his life and yeah I'm trying to be mindful of like how I'm how my energies are affecting you know the people around me and so that's that's what I'm like trying to learn to deal with and Also realizing that self-diagnosing yourself is not the wave. Mm. And also realizing how much toxic positivity because of social media has affected my mental health. Like, I feel like I've really taken on the the lifestyle, the aesthetic of, like, good vibes only. And it's just not realistic. It's just not realistic because that doesn't allow you to feel the full breadth of emotions that are that you're going to inevitably experience and it doesn't allow for like the undulations of life to happen to you naturally and it doesn't allow for the contractions and the expansions <coughs> of life so i'm trying to detach from the idea that i have to be positive and happy 24/7 and i'm trying to detach from the idea that the only way that i'm palatable is when i'm easy to consume by other people Oof. And I feel like that's that's what's helping me mentally now. Like, just allowing myself to feel, allowing myself to be dark and anxious and, like, in dark spaces. I also tried therapy, and I just thought it was useless. Only I think because my therapist was, like, a white woman who couldn't relate to me at all. Mm. In fact, I was her therapist. I ended up being her therapist more than <laughs> she was mine. So, one day I'll find a bitch who's not use- useless. How does, what's your relationship with, like... I want to call it social media self-care. Like, you know that whole Ugh. brand, like the aesthetic?
1: Yeah. The aesthetic
0: of self-love.
1: So triggered.
0: What's your relationship So, I think
1: with I mirror that? a lot of your sentiments. Like, I think growing up, I had a very, very, very expressive and over-emotional family. And so, I attributed all of those really... Almost negative emotions like cry. Oh no, not negative. Just expressive emotions like crying and being angry and yelling as being negative. So I just repress mm. those for forever, and I can't relate to people who express themselves in that way. I just think it's ridiculous. I'm learning <laughs> oh to unpack God. that. <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> We're literally, you know,
0: that GIF of the the girl who's crying Ooh. and the guy who's staring at her in disgust. Yeah. That's I'm learning. literally I'm learning. us. I
1: I think also so I told you my therapist said I had a preoccupation with wasted time and then I went to a shamanic healer and then she (laughs) said that burdens keep coming up. Like you feel like people burden you, you burden people. It's just like this cycle of like trying to unpack what's a burden to you versus what do you will into your life, all this shit. And I think my frustration is that when I need people, I just don't think they have the range to deal with what I'm going
0: through. I'm I'm the one giving you advice all the
1: time. Why do I think you're capable of returning the favor? (laughs) in what world that is literally (laughs) me to the t i'm I'm so used to
0: being the therapist that i can't imagine being a patient and that's also why it's so hard for me to like reach out to you know like actually have a therapist because i'm like i can't imagine i also feel like i'm so self-aware like all i do is contemplate and like self-reflect that i can't imagine anyone understanding me more than i understand me so and I that's have the these trouble barriers. I have. Yeah,
1: yeah. I find therapy so um, I don't know. It feels like reductive in some ways because I'm coming to them with a fully formed idea of what my problem is, just for them to validate and say, "Yeah, that is definitely your problem." Here are tools to uh, fix it. But these tools are very theoretical. You know, like like when you, the next time you feel like crying, just cry. No, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. (laughs) The next time you feel as though someone's angered you to the point of yelling,
0: just Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month. Over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Yell. So you're going to yell at the client that's coming back with with an amendment to a brief they sent six months ago. What do you mean? Oh my god, I would So be every sad. time I start therapy, I'm kind of like, "Fuck, like this is not helpful." Yeah. <laughs> these aren't these aren't realistic tools that I can take into my day-to-day because I don't operate in this insular echo chamber where my fe- my feelings reign supreme over everybody else's feelings and things. Like, right. I'm self-aware enough to know that I need to mind my business sometimes and just deal. Um, but the idea of I definitely fell into that self-care, self-love, toxic positivity, good vibes trap just because I was, you know, very skilled at repressing quote unquote negative emotions I've mm. definitely been way less um, of a, to- a toxic positivity type bitch because I don't have <laughs> I don't have like the quota of that in me anymore like I don't have like I've, I think I maxed that out three years ago when I was everybody's therapist but I was like babes you've got nothing to fix you're doing well you're on your path like all of you people are broken <laughs> I'm broken <laughs> we have so much work to do and a good example of this is the fact that people run to self-development as, like, as, like, the end of their line. After you've done the things, you've thought positively, you've told people how you feel, nothing's gone right. I guess I'll try and work on myself now. Right. As opposed to thinking that you haven't been the problem from the get-go. Ooh. And that's what I was getting at yesterday. um not yet would have been who knows what day would have been by the time this goes live but i put a post on the bobo and flex instagram page and said in when it comes to platonic and romantic relationships what are you bringing to the table Mm. because we can talk about men and how they are trash all day but my concern is that we're doing very little self-reflection and very little actual self-care it is the height of self-care to me to unpack my shit behavior and fix it not meditate not and though i've tried it and it works for some people it's not my thing not going for yoga not getting a face mask not doing my nails not saying positive affirmations that doesn't help me be better and care for myself what helps me is when i understand what my motivations are when i understand what things get in my way of being great those things are self-care to me and the marketing of Mm. self-care is so frustrating because it tells you just by nature that you are the problem but you can't seek within to fix the problem you have to look outwards yeah you have to tell your friends to validate you you have to like fix something with your relationship you have to buy something you have to consume something you need to read something right. spend one hour in a quiet room thinking about your past failed relationships and tell me you don't come to some kind of conclusion that you need to better yourself in some way then Ooh. better yourself and tell me you don't feel better that's caring for yourself
0: But that's the thing, is that the self care industry is is that it's an industry and they have to sell you something. And if they tell you to go within, what is there to sell? Mm. Do you also think that depression is the new trend? Like depression is the new dad hat. You know what I mean? Like it's the it's the new core thing to be, uh that a lot of celebrities and influencers are are using to be relatable. Like so and so speaks up about her depression you know how much to what extent is Mm. is that really depression
1: i definitely think there's been a commodification of mental health because it seems like people who do struggle outwardly with mental health issues issues are perceived to be more real or more open and more candid and though they are my frustration with that is that mental health um a mental health journey is so personal And your depression is not my depression, it's not her depression, it's not his depression, it's not their depression. So people bank on that because you can't physically see what's wrong with me and because you can't unpack or really um, critique what I'm going through because you can't physically or like visually see it, then you can't tell me to be better or do more or do less. I'm untouchable now. Mm. It's a personal journey. And though I think a lot of people um, do suffer with depression, I would never denounce that. I think it's, the self-medicating we do Mm. this idea that we can't be depressed without having depression. It's like the act is not the, um, like the act of being depressed. Isn't always that you have depression. The act of being anxious. Isn't that you have anxiety.
0: Right. the act
1: of you know not Speak wanting to deal it. with life doesn't mean that you are suicidal and we're so used to seeing the world in binaries and trying to figure out and box ourselves into feelings that yes a lot of people do say i have depression because it seems like the easiest way to justify why i don't want to go to work every day or why you have a shit relationship with your family and though you may have depression how many of us have been diagnosed you know what i mean yeah. i could i could very well have depression i just haven't been diagnosed for it so i just say i don't have it i just like i'm like, not taking the L <laughs> But um, uh, I think it's a really interesting place where we're looking at the way mental health and social media intersects. And yeah, in this age of authenticity and transparency and making genuine content, that's the angle a lot of people have taken. And yes, it works in some ways. Yeah, it does humanize people. There are a of people does. I see is more human because I they know they've been through something. But trauma doesn't equate to humanity. Ooh, speak on it, especially like,
0: blackness and come women on mode. now.
1: There's a point where we can all identify we've all experienced trauma in some way, but that doesn't need to be the foundation or the thing that adds value to our life experience.
0: Yeah, or the thing that defines and validates your your lived experience. A lot of black people and a lot of women tend to define themselves by how much pain they've carried. Oof. And they, they tend to be, it's a lot of, you know, activism. It's a, it's a lot of like attachment to pain and self-righteousness masters activism because it's like without my pain am i still black like how do i define and that's that's my honestly my form of self-care was listen during black history month do not invite me to these talks where we're talking about our collective pain body i've had it fam I cannot Mm -hmm. spend an entire month Talking about the pain and torture Of being black Blackness is also very joyous And also like beautiful Can we also like Root our blackness in something That isn't traumatic Like can we You know like not every day and not think,
1: everyday trauma sometimes every, everyday literally. privilege
0: literally
1: <laughs>
0: like honestly honestly and so i also think sometimes self-care is actually opting out of activism because Ooh. your activism your activism Ooh. is choosing happiness over pain wow and choosing to self-narrate yourself outside of the collective pain body like that that is my form of self-care
1: a moment of silence
0: <laughs> honestly
1: i would challenge people to look at the connections they've made in the past two years and see how many of those have been rooted in a foundation of upset trauma pain yeah friction an escape from something else but it's just like look at look at the way you're connecting with people because i often find that just because i don't want to connect with someone over drama doesn't mean that i'm opting for toxic positivity it just right. means that i find no value in finding more ways to feel bad about my life mm. can i want to be like happy and joyous just for a quick second Does it need to be? and i think we often place stories <clears throat> filled with trauma on a pedestal you know you look at things like sexual assault cases and people want to know like was well, how is she actually raped though oh okay so it's just like a weird wow. a weird interaction so it's not that deep yeah that's what people are saying like what's the spectrum of pain here so i can assess whether or not this story is of value wow. or what do you mean he was racist did he like actually like say something to you was it just a look or did he like beat up your kin or was it just wow. like you know a weird microaggression come on now so i think interestingly enough though we have some questions um that people have asked us about navigating mental health Mm. personally um in relationships and just you know in career in a sense and I do hesitate to give advice on mental health because I really don't have a good understanding of what that individual experience is yeah, um, same. and how bad it can be for a lot of people. <laughs> so for me, I'm the like, I'm the mind your business type bitch, you know, and <laughs> sometimes that's not very helpful for people who don't know how to mind their business or struggle with connection. Yeah. Um, I fully am not in a long term relationship because I could not figure out how to work around someone who had like, serious debilitating mental health issues yeah. and i just have to be like that's not my fight to fight you know when i feel that for the first time then that will be the first time i feel that and fight it but up until then it's not my business yeah um but let's talk about this question we got um this person said i'd love to hear both your opinions on dating someone with mental health issues it's a 2 pronged mm. question um someone who's not on your level emotionally or someone who shuts down When, you know, conversations are addressed in order to protect their mental health or someone who struggles with self-loathing. Ooh. Take the wheel, Bobo.
0: Wow. Well, so my ex, I can speak on one of them. My ex was someone who was very emotionally stunted, which is why the relationship really didn't last longer than two months. Mm -hmm. He'd lived such a sheltered life that any experience outside of his own, he literally just couldn't understand and would just like... His response would just be like, wow, I can't relate. Anyway, and then just move on. Yeah, and so the only way to deal with that... So here's the thing, right? If someone is on... We're all on different emotional levels. And we all understand life and perspectives from our own level of consciousness so if your level of consciousness is at a 10 and someone else's level of consciousness is at a three (coughs) there's nothing you can do to raise them up to your level and it also doesn't serve you to go down to their level and meet them there so the only thing you can do is to disengage and that's exactly what i did i was just like this relationship will actually never work Not only do you not have the emotional range to understand where I'm operating, you also are not on my wavelength or frequency, and you never will be. And so the best thing for us to do is just to disengage because we're speaking two different languages. We're vibrating at two different frequencies. What are we actually doing here? (coughs) Um, So that's that on like trying to engage with someone who shuts down or like doesn't have the emotional range. To engage, I can't speak on the experience of someone who has dating someone with mental health issues because I've never done that. And self loathing is tricky because I don't know where to draw the line between insecurity and self loathing. Where do you draw mm. that line? Is there a line? Because mm. I think <laughs> then I have my moments of self loathing. You know, like I I have my moments of like, oh, my God, don't touch my tummy. I feel bloated and like I'm insecure. I mean, is that self-loathing, though? Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, loathing is a feeling of intense dislike or disgust or hatred. Yeah, that is true. That's I feel like we're a few steps before loathing. Yeah, yeah. Just like a mild dislike. Well, what's your,
0: have you ever experienced someone with self-loathing?
1: Yeah. And the consequence of that is that they rooted all their self-love in our relationship dynamic. So they felt Ooh. like they were at their best when our relationship was at its best. But that was damaging because sometimes a relationship wasn't good. And so they would ignore that in favor of how good it had been or how good it could be. And I was like, ah, nah, no, nah. nah need you to be a bit present-minded with me and that is a challenge it's like Bobo said if you're not reading the same book you're not on the same page you're not in the same country you're not in the same mental space like these are all things that you will never see eye to eye on without somebody compromising what they want to an extreme degree I think these conversations about mental health are a few of these conversations i think people think that conversations about mental health should happen way down in the track of a relationship and i just don't think it should happen like in the same three weeks i'm going to ask you like if you project certain behaviors i'm like okay what is your mental health relationship to mental health what are you going through what have you been through so i need to know i don't want to be blindsided i've had that happen before and it's not worthwhile so i think in my opinion dating someone with mental health issues number one what are those issues we talk about really popular ones like anxiety and depression which yeah. feel like the palatable ones but is it borderline personality is it bipolar is it schizophrenia is it yeah there's a spectrum we're talking about and so i'm not going to write somebody off because that's nonsensical but i need to know the spectrum of it how yeah. it affects you how it debilitates you and then in turn how it's going to affect me if it's one of those things where it's it, you only feel triggered in your own spaces and you know exactly what you need to do to unpack it, you've got meds or you go into therapy, then fine. Like, we can work through it. But if you are ignoring it or you feel like it's not a big deal and I'm telling you it's a huge deal, we're not going to see eye to eye on that and I can't make you change. Someone yeah. who shuts down emotionally, I feel as though that's really learned behaviour and that's protective behaviour in some form. And I know people mm. don't feel as though they have the, the range to express themselves completely in a new relationship. And so I can't really vilify somebody for that to the extreme. I think it's the responsibility is on me to request that of a person that they don't shut themselves down emotionally because I can't connect with them. And if they refuse yeah. to meet me halfway, then that's my bad. I gotta bounce, you know what I mean? Um and then the last question, someone who struggles with self-loathing, again, I attribute that to not loving yourself and I cannot do it. Like I cannot make you see what I see in you. And again, people who try like if I'm dating someone who's like, you can do better than me, I'm not good enough for you, I hate myself. Thank you for showing me how you see yourself. That's me warned. I'm going to go. Yeah.
0: Because
1: Because again, if that's a reflection of my taste level, I'm going to take the L and I'm going to go. Don't make me feel out of whack because I'm seeing greatness in you and you see trash. If trash is what you are and I haven't seen it yet, then that's just me knowing I have my rose colored glasses on, I gotta take yeah. them off, I gotta turn around, and I gotta go. Oh, like, wow. I think we've, we've looked at love and romance like it has to be hard and it's gonna be painful, you gotta fight for it. And yes, when things are already built on a foundation of good, <laughs> we don't build the foundation <laughs> with rocks and razor blades and use syringes. And like <laughs> that's not what we build the foundation on. And yes. then expect that we're going to like you know put some cotton cotton wool on top of it and lie on top of it. It's going to be comfortable? No, babes. I want a foundation of like cement, then wood paneling, then carpet, and then on top of that will be like you know. um. A doona or a throw, and then a few pillows and cushions. Right, and that's all we're talking about. And then I can, and then if if the if there's a few syringes on top of the pillows, I can move those syringes off. <laughs> <laughs> but don't build me a foundation of love on syringes and tell me I got to deal with it and make it be better. I can't do it. I shouldn't oh have to. I'm twenty-four. But how do you know? How
0: do you know that you're building on a solid foundation?
1: I think that's tricky to know, isn't it? Yeah, it is tricky to know. But I think it's easier to know when you, you're not than you are. You know, like, I'm not going to yeah. say this is a clear sign of a, a broken foundation. But also be really mindful. Are you really connecting with this person? Or are you just talking frequently? Are you really building experiences with this person? Or are you just doing things together? There is a clear distinction and I think we try and overcomplicate it. No, this is right and it's working and it's good. And some things take time to show themselves. But until that time, don't put so much stock in a relationship then. I've had had to do it myself all the time. Like, I'm the type of turbo bitch who's like, okay, well, let's be in a relationship after a month. And then I have to be like, no, like, relax. (laughs) You can talk to someone for three months and not be, you know, (coughs) about to be wet. It's okay. Like People do need time to express their trauma to you. You don't have to ask it all in one day. Yes, he's entitled not to tell you why he broke up with his ex-girlfriend. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, secret keeper. <laughs> but that doesn't stop me nah, from expressing that- for me, that's a no. That... You're not entitled to not tell me that. What? <laughs> On a <laughs> big no, audition. that doesn't stop me from still expressing that I want to know these things. And I will yeah. still bring it up. If you don't tell me, there's got to be, there's a limit. And everyone has their limit. Mine is like, I will still push. I will still push. And there are right. different ways I will push. Like Sometimes I'll be really upfront and be like, tell me what your last relationship was like. And other times I'll be like, hey, do you think you're a good partner? And then from there I'll be like, you know, would you, what would your friends say about you? What does your family say about you? Do you think you struggle with mental health? Like There are different ways to pick apart someone yeah. than asking them explicit questions. Do your Googles. Do your research. But you
0: know what? The one thing that is hard to pick up on is narcissism because oh yeah narcissism has been so it's it's now just it's a norm it's been yeah we've been socialized to some extent to be narcissists because that's how you thrive in capitalism Mm. and so i think it's it's that's the trickiest one of them all Mm -hmm. i think i had a friend honestly the same friend that i'm always dragging the same ex-friend that I'm always dragging on this podcast. She was a narcissist. And there were days when I actually thought she might be a psychopath. Just because she never seemed to have any empathy for like anyone. You know what I mean? Right. But that can also be seen as like, oh, she's just about her shit. Like she's focused on her goals. She's you know, so it's just very mind like be mindful of traits of you know, narcissism extreme egotistical behavior um lack of empathy lack of compassion that type of thing
1: those are all drag me (laughs) 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 would you say you have no empathy (laughs) nah i'm definitely it's underdeveloped though really yeah i have a lot of sympathy for people empathy not so much and my empathy quota goes up for people i know and significantly down for people i don't know Oh, but I think that's
0: everyone. Because we can't Is it? like I can't sympathize with, you know, someone who's gone through war. Mm. I mean, I can't empathize, I can only mm-hmm. sympathize. But yeah, there's yeah, there's levels to this shit.
1: You know. Back up to narcissism really quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> it's been a really popular topic in a lot of like podcasts recently. I guess because of Dirty John on Netflix, that show. Have you watched it?
0: No. What's the show about?
1: Essentially, it's about this guy who scams his way into this woman's life within weeks and then overtakes her, like, scams her for money, property, ruins wow. ruins her family life. She becomes estranged. Like, he's just turbo. Um, but they're, they were talking, I don't know what podcast it was, but they were talking about different ways ma- uh, narcissism manifests in relationships, mm. both platonic and romantic, and... You know, that first of all, like, we all need a healthy amount of narcissism to exist. Like, you can publish on social media to make anybody listen to you or hear you when you speak. You do need to have healthy levels of narcissism. And we often can't um, misinterpret ego or confidence or charisma for narcissism. But right. in relationships, one to be really, really mindful of is somebody who love bombs you. And I had no idea what this was. Um what is but that? Love bombing is the idea that when you meet someone for the first time in like a romantic sense they bombard you with love and affection. Like, they tell they you that they want to hang out with you all the time, that they can't wait to meet your parents and your friends would love them and you're amazing and you make them feel great and I've never met anyone like you and, and you complete me and I, I don't know what I'd do without you. And the frustration with this is because when you've been in a situation where you've been so starved from intimacy and love you see this as a positive trait. Like, finally, i found my person who really sees me for me, and I've worked so hard for so long to find this, and it's finally here, and it's so right. And you'll know the situation is sus because, granted, a friend will be like, oh, like, you are gonna be in a relationship already? Like, oh, he's meeting your parents already? oh like he wants to go on a holiday already like yeah and you know like it there, just there moves is, so
0: quickly that like it wow. moves
1: so quickly and what happens is you start to um root uh, or build a foundation of love on this person's affection and validation because they've given mm. you so much of it that at first you're a skeptic and then very quickly you settle it settle in because they'll keep giving more to you because narcissism narcissists sorry are trying to get you to fulfill what they want from you sometimes they want validation or they want to feel like they own someone so they will keep on feeding into you until you believe it to be true and so when you've dropped your guard you're kind of like okay i am worthy of love this is real this is good then they'll just fuck off and go to the next person then you're shattered being like i don't know what happened like he was so interested she was so interested they were so interested and now they're just gone they don't want to text me i don't know what happened and then you think it's you and then you you are broken and more susceptible to more narcissistic behavior because you, you like, your peripherals are all, like, shot. You can't see things for what they are anymore because exactly. you thought you saw truth and you didn't. And now you can't trust your own self. And so you leave yourself open to manipulation in future. So just be mindful. A lot of us are out Fuck. here. We're dating. We're getting it in. I We're know. getting a little bit fatigued. We're getting a bit upset. We're not getting results and finding the one. But when you do see someone who appears to be the one, still be critical of it. Say, so is this realistic that in two days, man's in love with me? Oh, yeah. Is it really realistic that in a week, sis wants to move in? Is it really realistic that in four days, you know, they want me to meet their family and go to a wedding?
0: And you know what? I would actually... Sometimes it is. ...to say that the person who's really going to be your person will kind of be a little bit boring. Like, love shouldn't (laughs) be volatile and extreme ups and Mm. extreme downs. It really should feel stable and like you're at an equilibrium. The problem with this love bombing is that at some point it will decline and when Mm -hmm. your love starts on such a high, the fall will be torturously low wow so like try to start the foundation of your relationship should be on a a stable somewhat even if you're like me and you know you're not accustomed to stability if you're a little bit bored like that's fine like that's probably a healthy sign because (laughs) it's it's not like your usual like propensity for chaos and and volatility
1: we just got to stop looking for drama in some areas. And again, I went to that shamanic healing and reading and she said, you know, we all like a bit of drama because it makes us feel as though we're being invested into when somebody yeah. tells us a dramatic story or, or invites themselves into our life and it feels like drama. We put more effort into it. And so we assume that the more effort we put into something, the more value it has. As opposed to something that's easy and like, you don't have to think too much about it. It's not that difficult, you know? And I keep telling people, think about your closest friendships and how they're so easy to resource sometimes. Like, you might not speak to your friend for a week and it's all G, you know what I yeah. mean? Because you've built that trust over time, you know? And it's not volatile. It's, yeah, it's not volatile. It's not subject to extreme change or movement just because, you know? Yep. yep. Look for the signs
0: wow on that note this has been an amazing conversation follow us at bobo and flex on instagram dm us your questions join in on the conversations on the feed we love we are obsessed with the conversations happening right now love it love it love it tell a friend to tell a friend don't forget to subscribe we're on all three platforms spotify soundcloud and apple music give us a nice five star review because it helps us make more content and will help us bring you live shows across the world the more you show us love the easier it will be for us to meet you in the flesh so thank you for listening guys it's been so real i hope this was helpful and replenishing and non-draining it was i know it
1: was helpful replenishing non-draining you can't tell me otherwise i know it honestly i feel so
0: much more replenished So we'll catch you in the next episode, my loves. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.